That is, that is awesome. Awesome, awesome. Well, listen, I want to talk to you a little bit today. Obviously, we're going to talk a little bit about the Christmas story. But I want to, I'm going to, I want to take a closer look. The reason for the season is the title of the message. But it's the reason for the season, a closer look. I want to take a little closer look. You know, I'm going to start with a scripture verse in Micah chapter 5 and verse 2. It says, the coming Messiah, but you, Bethlehem, of Bethlehem, Ephrathah, I think that's how you pronounce that, though you are little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of you shall come forth to me the one to be ruler in Israel, whose goings forth are from old, from, from, from of old, from everlasting. That prophecy was spoken 700 years before the angel spoke to Mary. 700 years. Folks, that is not a coincidence. That is a fulfillment of prophecy. And Jesus fulfilled a whole bunch of prophecies, and even now prophecies are being fulfilled. So I, wanna, I wanted to establish right away that this was prophesied Christ's coming. So it wasn't like a shock, because so many times it, at this time of year we talk about the baby Jesus in the manger, and we're going to talk about the baby Jesus in the manger. But what does that mean? And there's some symbolic significance to some of the things that you're going to see. Jesus came and, and was born for one purpose, to die for you, for you, for me, for our sins. All right? So I'm going to start. I'm going to jump all over the place. I'm going to take you through this quick story. In Luke 1, through 38, Christ's birth announced to Mary, now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And in verse 28 of Luke 1, it says, And having come in, angels said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. Now I'm going to tell you right now, if an angel shows up at your house and says, Hey, highly favored one, you're blessed. Be careful. That means something. Other than, wow, I'm blessed. Do you know with blessings come responsibilities? Okay, you like that one? Okay, you didn't like that one. We'll move on. All right. But when she saw him, she was troubled at this saying. You think? I'm troubled. Wait a second. Why am I blessed? What do you mean I'm highly favored? You know, every, immediately you would, you would think, oh, yeah, of course. I'm highly favored. Do you know who I am? I'm blessed among all men. Yeah. Yeah, you got it right, angel. You got it right. Now, she was troubled by this because, again, understanding that if God is going to bestow something upon you, there is a responsibility that goes along with that. And this is where there is a disconnect in the body of Christ today. I want the blessing, but I don't want the responsibility of having that blessing. If God dropped a million dollars on you today, what would you do it? You'd have a responsibility with that million dollars. Okay? Okay, you didn't like that one either. We're talking about that money again. Oh, well, get used to it. But when she saw him, she was troubled. Because understand, when the Lord calls you to do something, he calls you highly favored, that means that you're going to pay a price to do something. Now, it says this in verse 30. Do not be afraid, Mary, 
For you have found favor with God, and behold, you conceive in your womb and bring forth a son, and you call his name Jesus. He'll be great. He'll be called the son of the highest. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Wow. Go home and tell that to mom and dad. Go tell that to your neighbor. They'd be calling the guy in the white suits to come get you. Yeah, 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 yeah. Don't be afraid. If God's blessing you, there's a reason, and he'll help you. Yeah, I hear you. Yeah, really. Okay, now, Mary saw a few problems, especially for a young Hebrew girl, because she said, how can this be because I don't know a man? Never been with a man. Because, again, she was betrothed. And I want to talk about that, and I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to read everything, but I'm going to talk about it as we go through it. Betrothal was a formal binding contract before witnesses. It was like marriage without being married. It was a betrothal. Now, when in the Jewish um, Hebrew customs, the women would remain in the father's house. They would abstain from any sexual relationship until the actual marriage took place. The only way to break this covenant was by death or by divorce. They weren't married yet. This was just betrothal. So understand, what I'm trying to get at is we talk about Jesus and he came and the angels in the field and, and it's all this peaceful thing. This was a very turbulent, turbulent time that they were living in. And I'm going to talk a little bit about that turbulence. Okay? Now, understand that the legal age for marriage in the Hebrew custom was 12 years old for a girl and 13 years old for a boy. You could legally be married. So we know that Mary was a teenager, a young teenager. Maybe not 13 or 14, but 15. In the Hebrew custom, if you were 20 years old, that was an embarrassment to you in your community, to be unmarried at 20. <clears throat> yeah. Yep. <clears throat> now, so I've got a problem with this. Now, I want you to understand, if you go back, what she said, how can this be? I've never known a man. Understand that I want to take a closer look at this. There's a couple of things going on here. There's a fulfillment of, of prophecy. But the biggest thing that you are going to see the thread through this entire story is obedience. Mary said, be it done to me according to your word. Now, I want you to think about this. All right, we got any 50? How old are you, hon? 50. Oh, perfect. Can I, use you, can I use you as an example? Okay. This is Mary. The angel, that's me. <clears throat> See how convenient that is? I really do take advantage of the pulpit, don't I? Hey, highly favored one, you're going to be pregnant. She says, how can this be? I've never known a man. Oh, the Holy Spirit's going to come upon you. You're going to be pregnant. It's going to be Jesus. It's going to be the Savior of the world. Right. Okay, so now betrothed and guess what she said, be it done to me according to your word in the middle of all that, knowing that the price for being found pregnant out of wedlock could be obviously it could be death. But certainly you'd be put away, shunned. And on with all of that going on, a 15 year old girl. Can you understand the ramification? Do you understand the weight of this? 
And she obeyed. Some of us can't obey God to pay for somebody's lunch. I understand the obedience factor through all this story. I'm talking about the Christmas story. And it's about obedience, the whole thing. Do you know that Jesus had to be obedient to come to earth? Who in, who in their right mind would leave heaven to come here for us? To die. It's a good thing he didn't call me. <clears throat> I'd have stayed home. <clears throat> I'd have gone. Because <clears throat> Christ would have given you the grace and the mercy to be able to do it. And that's the other thing about when God blesses you, he'll give you the grace to do what you need to do. Absolutely. So, then I'm thinking, all right, let me see. How old are you, Jonathan? 35. Okay, close enough, Joseph. <laughs> okay, now. Little Mary here comes to you, Joseph, and says, hey, Joe, got to tell you something. I don't know how to tell you this, but I'm pregnant, Joe. It's not been another man. It wasn't the UPS guy on this donkey. It was the Holy Spirit came upon me. And now you got to think about Joseph is saying, right. Sure, right. The Holy Spirit, was it, that I've never seen? Right. Now, I want to read in Matthew chapter 1, in verse 19. Now, understand this. I'm talking about Joseph over here. Her husband being a just man. Notice it said her husband, but they weren't married yet. It was that strong, okay? Being a just man. Not wanting to make her a public example. Now, I did some studying and research, and it said that during this time, he was probably contemplating divorcing her. He's probably contemplating that. We don't know for sure, but he was troubled, obviously. But he didn't want to make her a public example. He didn't want her stoned to death, and he didn't want her ridiculed and shunned. But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit, and she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. I'm going to stop right there. We really jump to the part where he's going to save his people from his sins. I want to back up and look at Joseph for a minute. Do you know the kind of obedience that it took for Joseph to say, okay, I had a dream. In this dream, he said, it's going to be okay. Take her as your wife. Let me tell you something. Don't think that people weren't noticing that she was pregnant. <clears throat> do you understand the turbulence and do you understand the, the ramifications? Do you understand the responsibility that they said, I will obey you, Lord? And do you know that salvation is nothing more than an act of obedience to the drawing of the Holy Spirit into your life? All you have to do is say, yes, Lord. You got to get your southern accent when you do that. Yes, Lord. <laughs> I think of that a lot, and I think about Mary. And I'm thinking, okay, Mary's going to birth this child. But then I think of, of Joseph. 
he's just in love with this girl, and she comes up pregnant. She says, it's the Holy Spirit, and he's like, what are you talking about? But the obedience that it took for him to say, okay, despite what our culture says, despite what society is saying we should do, abort, abort, abort. He said, no, I will not do this. I will be obedient to Christ. They did not, listen, they didn't have the word, they didn't have the Bible to tell them how it was going to turn out. They didn't know. They just obeyed. All right, so then, after, G, after Joseph said, all right, now I'm going to jump back over to Luke chapter 2 and verse 1 through 20. I'm not going to um, read it all. And it came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus to all the world to be registered. The census first took place while Canarius was governing Syria. So all went to be registered, everyone to his own city. Now the reason they wanted to do a census was for taxes. They wanted to know how many people they had so they know how much taxes they could get from these people. So the king said, we're going to have, you know, King IRS said, we're going to have a census. All right? So Joseph also went up from Galilee. Now, I am going somewhere with this, so bear with me. Out of the city of, now listen to this. Joseph went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth to Judea to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house of the lineage of David. Go back to Micah. Chapter 5 and verse 2. I read that. This is exactly the prophecy being fulfilled. Now, Jesus being born, Jesus was born in Judea. Because Bethlehem is in Judea. That's what the prophecy said was going to happen. All right? To be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. She was pregnant. Now, can you imagine the long trip that they had to take? How many women in here have ever been pregnant with a child? How many of you like to jump on a donkey and go for a four or five day ride? Whoo. And husbands, I'm going to tell you the honest truth. I wouldn't want to be the husband with my wife that's riding on a donkey for four or five days. Because I'm sure she probably wasn't real happy with Joe. <laughs> you put me on this donkey. You did. Well, he, she can't even say that. You did this to me. Ha ha. Can't say that, can you? Ha ha. The Holy Spirit did this. You can't. What, now, now what are you, who are you going to complain to now, women? Uh-huh. God, you did this to me. Yeah, I know. I'm sure somehow Joseph was in trouble. I'm sure there's some way. Yeah. Now, so they went, and obviously it was time for her to be born. Now, I want, I want to go to Luke chapter 2 and verse 7 through 18, and I want to make a point here. Now, they were obedient. So she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Now, I want to, and then we know that the angels went and announced it to the shepherds. Now, I've done some studying, and there's some, some of the research that I did, they say, that those shepherds, now this is very, very important, that sometimes you don't catch in this story. These shepherds were Levitical shepherds. They were overseeing the sacrificial lamb. Lambs. Okay? And when Jesus was born, they wrapped him in swaddling clothes. And you think, okay, well, that's what they did. You know, they wrapped babies. But understand that what would happen when these lambs were getting ready to be sacrificed, Levitical, the Levitical shepherds, would wrap the lambs in swaddling clothes. Why? They'd clean them all up, wash them all up, so they wouldn't get dirty. And they'd carry them over their necks so they would not get dirty because they couldn't be with spot or wrinkle or any blemish to be sacrificed. 
So when the angel announces to the shepherds, hey, you're going to find him in swaddling clothes, they understood. Because of the prophecy, and they understood, wait a second, this is a type and shadow of a sacrifice that was going, this child was born to be sacrificed. So think, why would they be rejoicing? Because this baby was born? No, they understood that why this baby was being born. To save the entire world from their sin. And all you have to do is receive Christ as your Savior. So, so again, it, it, it really makes sense to me now because, there's, it's, it's again, there's a lot of symbolic stuff going on there. I did some more research, and one of them said that the same type, I'm not saying it's the same thing, but the same type of wrapping was done when he died. So he was wrapped when he was born. He was wrapped when he died. So there's some symbolism there. But understand that he came to be the sacrificial lamb. That would make perfect sense to those shepherds that were guarding these sheep that were supposed to be sacrificed and what the swaddling clothes and the wrapped all meant. Now, I also want to say that my research found out that that was pretty normal for to wrap the babies in swaddling clothes. But for these shepherds, they understood the symbolic symbolism of that. We need to understand, he was born to die for you. And you know what? He did it willingly because he cares that much. And for some of you that are having all kinds of issues and problems, that's your answer. Now, I want to I I make a statement. You're going to receive Christ and it mean, poof, everything's just going to be perfect in your life all of a sudden? No. But now you're on your way to heaven, and guess what you do have? You have hope that you don't have right now. You have hope. First of all, you're going to heaven then. That's pretty good stuff right there. If that was all there was to it. But he said you'll have everything you need for this life and for godliness. Is it easy? Nope. It is probably the single most difficult thing I've done in my life is walk this thing out as a Christian. But there's, right, but see, I've got the power and authority to overcome the things of the world now, where before I didn't. They beat me up, now I'm beating them up. All right, so, swaddling clothes. So she brought forth a son. The angels went. They all, they all sang and, 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 and worshiped God. And now I want to go to Luke chapter 2 and verse 18. And all those who heard it marveled at the things that were told to them by the shepherds. Because the shepherds were telling them everything that they would saw that the angels. It was a turbulent time. And believe it or not, I know people don't like to hear this, but his birth brought division. And it's still divisive today. The Bible talks about it. I didn't come to bring unity. I came to bring division. What division? The division between saved and unsaved. And guess who gets to choose that? We do. Because we have a will. Thank you. I'm trying hard. Okay, now, I want to go get back to this, this strand of obedience again. Now, Matthew chapter 2, in verse 1 through 6. Herod, uh, now after Jesus was born in, the, in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born to the king of the Jews? Now, I'm not going to read all of that, but here's what the thing was. Herod knew by the prophecies that there was going to be a king of the Jews who was going to be born, and he did not want to lose his kingdom. 
So what was he trying to find Jesus for? Because he wanted to kill him. These are turbulent times. Do you understand? Mary and Joe. They're riding their donkey. Their baby is born. And all of a sudden there's a king that wants them dead. Can you imagine the weight of that responsibility? And the obedience that it took? And they're not done being obedient. They're going to have to be obedient the rest of their lives. Can you imagine? I mean, can you imagine raising Jesus? I mean, do you, do you dare swat him on the bottom? I don't know. I guess he was perfect, so you never had to. You know, there. I mean, can you imagine being Jesus' brothers? Couldn't you just be more like Jesus? What is wrong with you? I'm not perfect, Mom. Well, you can try to act like him a little bit more. I wouldn't have wanted to have been his, born after him. Oh, man. Just a thought. Just a thought. Now, for we have seen the star. In the, and so he was asking these wise men. We've seen the star in the east and we have come to worship him because they understood because he was the king. Now, so I want to go to Matthew chapter 7. Or Matthew chapter 2 and verse 7. Then Herod, when he had secretly, he secretly called the wise men, determined from them what time the star appeared. Because he was trying to get an idea of how old Jesus would have been. Because he was trying to find him. Okay? And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the young child. And when you found him, Bring back word to me so I may come and worship him also. Lion, snake. He didn't want to come and worship him. He wanted to find him to kill him. All right. Now, understand, you have just had audience with the king. The king tells you, when you find this kid, what was your name again? Brandon. Brandon, when you find this kid, send word back to me, okay? We're buds, you know, found it. But they went and they found Jesus. And they had a dream that said, do not go back to the king. And they left that country another way. Why? Because Jesus is warning them not to go. Now, if Brandon here, I'm the king, I'm the king. <laughs> and Brandon, I said, hey, dude. You go and find us and bring word. And he doesn't bring word back and I'm the king. I'm killing you. You're a dead man if I see you again. Do you understand the, the risk in, in that they took to obey Christ? They obeyed God. See the old strand of obedience through this whole thing? They had to be obedient. Because if they'd have gone back to, to the to me, if he'd have come back to me and said, this is where he's at, I'm sending my armies, we're going to kill him, that's the end of it, I'm the king. There will be no king of the Jews, king of the Hebrews, king of anything. But angel warned them, or they, they had a dream. And so they went another way. All right? So, they departed. They fell down, they worshipped him, they departed another way. Wow, I've even gotten to my last page. That's a miracle, there's nine of them. <clears throat> Okay, so they refused to go back and tell Herod where Jesus was. It was risky to disobey the king. Understand that. Now, it says in Matthew chapter 2 and verse 13, start there. 
Now when they had departed, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream, saying, Arise, take the young child and his mother, flee to Egypt and stay there until I bring you word, for Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. When he arose, he took the young child and his mother by night, departed for Egypt, and he was there until the death of Herod, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Out of Egypt I called my son. That's in Hosea 11.1. 1. Now, so get a picture of this. Mary has to obey and is obedient. What's the price that she could pay? Death. Joseph, he has to be obedient. What's the price? Obviously ridicule. Okay, ostracized. He's taking this. You know, I mean, can you imagine Joseph's parents? What are you thinking, dude? She's pregnant. You believe it's by the Holy Spirit? Well, yeah, I had a dream. You know, how many of you have ever had a vision from God and you tell people? Let me give you a little clue. If you have a vision or something God's putting in your heart, be very careful who you tell it to. Because you don't need people putting it down. Maybe share it with people that you trust are spiritual, that can understand, that can support, that can agree with you. Now, you know, if you're having a pizza dream that's not according to the word of God, then, you know, I'm going to correct you. Sure. Sure. The world, the world, you know, the world doesn't understand spiritual things. All right, so. So. They took this trip on a donkey. She was born. The, the kings, the, the magi, they came. They worshiped Jesus. They obeyed God. They went another way because they weren't going to, he wasn't going to come and tell the king where Jesus was. Then, think about this. Instead of them going back home where everybody was, their family, their support system, and everybody, he has a dream and he says, take them to Egypt because Herod, the king, is trying to kill him. Can 15 years old, however old Joseph was, right? Can you understand what that must have took to obey? Say, I can't, we're not even going home. And the king of an entire nation wants my son dead. The obedience that that took. So when we're talking about the Christmas story, and that's what we just talked about. It is a fulfillment of prophecy. Let's make sure we understand that. It's not just a cool story. It was prophesied all over in the New Old Testament about this coming. 700 years it took. 700 years. And then, the way it had, you know, I was, I was talking to Reverend Carroll earlier about what if Mary would have said no. Nope, can't do it. Too big a risk not doing it. Well, then it would have been Mother Judy or Mother Rebecca. or God was going to have his way. And let me give you, let me help you with something. The Lord is going to have his way in this region with you or without you. I say jump in and be a part. How do you jump in? First, you get born again. And I'm going to say something. Well, I'm getting a little ahead of myself because there's a few things that I believe God's wanting us to really do in this coming year. And I'm going to give you the four things, and I'm going to close, and I'm going to talk more about them probably next week. You either need to 
reestablish or strengthen your relationship with Christ coming into 2020. You need to get hooked into a church. I mean hooked into a church. Not an attender. Hooked in. You need to get hooked up with a pastor in a vision for that church. And then you need to be spiritual demon slayers. Those are the things I'm going to be talking more about. And, and again, this isn't I need to put more people in the seats type of a thing. It's if you're going to make it in 2020, because 2020 is going to be a crazy, crazy year. You think 2019 was nuts. What we are seeing at the end of 2019 is what's beginning 2020. The division and, and all of that. Okay? So, I'm going to bring all that around. And what I just said, here's what it comes down to. It comes down to obedience. Obedience. I'm not talking about obey, obeying me, but obeying Christ. But I will say this. And this is something the body of Christ really needs to get their head wrapped around and their heart wrapped around. You need to start obeying the authority that God has put over your life. That's just not in the church realm. That's in the work realm. That's wherever. And if you don't like that authority, then you pray for salvation for them to make it better, or God will give you a way to, to move on. But be committed and submitted and faithful where you're at till God moves you. And God doesn't move you by your emotions. He moves you by the Spirit. And you should know the difference. That's all free information. But it comes down to this Christmas story. And so we know that Jesus was born. He was wrapped in swaddling clothes. There was a whole bunch of people that at the, the risk of their own lives were obedient to this call. The risk of their own lives. So that Jesus could be born. He was wrapped in these swaddling clothes. Knowing that he was born for one purpose. To come to this earth. And, and I'm not trying to be a downer because we want to celebrate his birth. Why do you celebrate his birth? Because you know he was going to die and take your sins. That's why you're celebrating. Ooh, there's a new baby. Yippee, woo. New ba there was thousands of babies born. Yippee, new birth. Love it. But what's different about this one? He was born for your sin, to die for your sin. And understand, you're a sinner. If you were, if you're in Christ, you were a sinner. If you're not in Christ, you're still a sinner. The only way to get free of that is receiving Christ that died for you, this little baby. Now, you know, the little Malport clan, just love them. You know, and your, your daughter that runs around here. And I was thinking today, as they were up there and they were worshiping and they were singing their little song, and you know, little Lulu. Can you imagine knowing that this child, in 33 years, I'm going to have to watch them their bodies destroyed for people that are screaming, crucify him, unjustly accused. And guess what? Mary and Joseph had to be obedient even in that. Everything me as a dad said, I will kill anybody that comes near him to try to take his life. But Jesus, even on the cross, said, whoa, this is my destiny. This is my call. This is what I'm here for. And somehow God must have given that family grace 
to be able to let that happen. Because as I look at our little children, they're not even my children. I know what I would do if somebody harmed one of your kids. I don't know if there's a place you could hide. Yeah, amen. Yeah, yeah, pa, Papa says, no, there's nowhere to hide. But So it comes down to obedience. So here's what I'm going to close with today. And if you've got any song or any music you could throw up, and it doesn't, it doesn't matter. I'm going to ask you, and listen, um, and, and there's a hundred different ways we can do this, but I'm not going to ask you to kind of bow your head and close your eyes because I want to tell you something. You're in a place today. We, we are followers of Christ. We believe in the Holy Spirit. We believe the power of the Holy Spirit. We believe the power of the Holy Spirit to be able to change lives. The Bible says when you receive Christ as your Lord and Savior, you are a new creation. Everything in your life is, is old, is passed away. And behold, everything has become new. You're like a brand new person. And if you need that today, I want to pray with you. It would be an honor and a privilege to do that. And you don't be worried about being embarrassed here because people here have probably been praying for you. And they'll, they'll be excited. You know, when someone comes to Christ, it says all of heaven rejoices. They're partying when someone comes to Christ. It's that important in heaven. I mean, I want you to understand something. God thought you were so important. He didn't just grab like some, some religions believe some ding-dong angel and send him to earth. Here's an angel, I'll send him to, no, he sent his son. I, I can't imagine sending my son, say, son, go down there and die this horrible, miserable, it's the worst death that, that, was, that they had on the planet at that time. Go suffer that for these people that don't even like you. That's why I'm not God. It would have been, whoosh, smite button, whoosh, start over. We'd have had a lot of start overs by now if it was me. <laughs> If you need Christ in your life, don't be ashamed. Don't be embarrassed. Stick up a hand and we'll pray with you. I'm not going to drag you up here, but I want to pray with you today. If there's anybody, please don't be afraid. If, if you're not comfortable raising your hand now, I'm going to stand right here when I dismiss everybody. Come and see me. We'll pray together. All right? Just you and me. But when you do this, when you make this commitment, please get some people around here that, that know Christ that can help you. We don't want to just leave you by yourself. We want to help you walk this thing out. It's going to be the greatest day of your life. But there's still, you still got to walk out life. And life is still going to happen. But now you've got hope. And you've got authority in your life to overcome some things. Amen. All because a child was born. Amen. I hope and pray that today we got to took a little closer look at the Christmas story. Maybe it means a little bit more now with some understanding. So, Father, I thank you right now. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you're doing your work right now in people's hearts. And I pray, Lord, that as I dismiss these people, that there'll be some that will come to this platform and pray with me for salvation because they know that the Holy Spirit is drawing them because, because there's something going on in the pit of their stomach saying, yeah, that's you, that's you, that's you. And I come against fear. Right now in Jesus' name. I come against, Lord, that, that the mind that tells us, yeah, but I won't be able to do things my way anymore. No, the Lord is gentle and it's easy and he'll make a way. So, Father, I thank you right now. I pray for a blessing over every one of these people here. 
Lord, help us to do nothing but be obedient as we go into 2020. Let us be obedient to you and what you're doing in our lives. Help us. And Lord, I thank you that blessings will come upon us and you'll give us the grace to use those blessings for your glory. And I thank you for it in Jesus' mighty name. Now, I want to clear one thing up as I was praying about this blessings thing, you know, because I talked about when God blesses you, he requires something. Listen, if you're believing God to pay a bill and it's $100 and $100 comes, then pay that bill. God's blessing you, you know, unless God says give it away. Obey God, even with your giving. Be obedient to him and watch and see what God will do. Amen. And, and it isn't because I need a million dollars. I'm just saying, I want you blessed. I want you blessed. Amen? All right. So, God bless you guys. Next week, make sure we bring extra for pot blessing because we're going to have some, some um, international students and families here. And thank you. All I can tell you from our family to yours, Merry Christmas. God bless you. It's going to be a phenomenal 2020. Amen? God bless you. Hey, shake a hand on the way out the door. I am right here. If you need to come forward to talk to me about salvation, please come.